Welcome to South Sound Connected, a podcast where we'll talk to the people behind the wheel and discover how transit connects us all to life here in the 253. Welcome aboard. Let's go for a ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27. My name is Penny Grellier, and I appreciate you tuning in. Today on South Sound Connected, we're going to talk with Nick Nash, Facilities Manager, and Jace Banta, Facilities Assistant Manager, about the business of taking care of Pierce Transit's many facilities across the system. Transit facilities come in many shapes and sizes and have different needs to keep them shipshape, which we will find out about today. So welcome, Nick and Jace. Thank you. So can you each tell the listeners a little bit about your roles with Pierce Transit? Nick, we can start with you. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm the facilities maintenance uh, manager, and I oversee the facilities department, um, and I'm, I'm responsible for the budget and $6.5 million. I have um, the preventive and corrective maintenance. I have all the um, mechanical work under me. That is encompasses um, CNG machines, you know, for fueling mm-hmm. buses, um, all sorts of variety of things. So it also includes the land buildings and other assets. So anything that's not uh, doesn't have wheels basically mm-hmm. is under under facilities. Okay. Care. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> excuse me. My position is is a, a hands-on type of. Uh, direct supervisor to employees that are out there actually doing the work on, in the field, both here on the base and out in the field as far as bus stops and transit centers, doing um, preventative, corrective, and uh, uh, response uh, type of work out in the field. Mm-hmm. So, and that, we'll get more into that, I'm sure. So, it's kind of a big job. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, when we say facilities, listeners may think of buildings and grounds, Nick, can you describe the various types of facilities that Pierce Transit oversees and maybe how many of each type that you have under your care? Yes. Um, so Pierce Transit is a, is a, is a medium-sized agency. Mm-hmm. It's, um, we have, I just want to give you the broad sense of it, a 19.4 acres, so we have quite a bit. We have six base facilities, so that's... Um, Basically, two office buildings, uh, two maintenance shops, uh, one fuel and wash building, five transit centers, five parking rides, two bus depots. Um, we have 611 shelters and over 850 trash cans throughout mm-hmm. the system. So we get quite a bit. Um, uh, we also have over 360 pieces of equipment that we PM and take care of and um, over 900 benches for, for the stops. So it's, there's quite a bit of um, upkeep and maintenance. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about things like benches being on the, the list of things, but even that is considered a facility. That's yeah. pretty interesting. So Jace, what kinds of care and upkeep are provided to Pierce Transit's facilities in general? So we think about um, the care and upkeep of our facilities. It's uh, I try to t- think of it as uh, having a, a three-step approach to uh, that, and we try to keep in order to be the most efficient with our resources. To be try to be proactive and do uh, a lot of predictive type of work as far as okay, we know that 
such and such maintenance is going to be required at these particular spots based on the weekend or, or whatever. So if we try to keep it proactive and uh, predictive, we can actually really get far ahead in our, in our routine maintenance. Now, routine maintenance is just like emptying the trash, cleaning the glass, and cleaning the toilets at the transit centers and things like that. So there's routine, but then there's also um, a more direct response required, say, from a, uh, a vandalism response mm -hmm. or a biohazard response. We have those pretty regularly here in Pierce Transit, and uh, it's going to require something. Well, obviously, we can't predict it. We know it's going to happen. We just don't know where. So it's a whole mobilization and then heading out to that particular spot and then doing the, re the required response to restore that facility back to uh, a usable condition. So there's the vandalism response, and I, I throw biohazard into that as well. And then we have <clears throat> actual emergency safety-type responses where we might have broken glass on the in the field or um, a shelter has been damaged by a car accident or something like that where it's not a safe situation for our riders. Mm -hmm. So then we have an even faster response to that. And uh, we just had a, an accident this morning, actually, where we had to go out and respond to it quickly. So it's kind of a three-step approach that um, when you think, think about routine, try to make the most headway as far as that goes because that's an efficient application of our resources and then the, the, the response stuff we just, we just have to go and do. So in our last episode of the podcast, we talked with Tina Basslett about the placement and management of bus stops from a planning perspective. But the facilities team maintains and cleans those bus stops. So Nick, since there are over 1,900 bus stops in the system, how is that care managed? Um, we have a policy of safety first, of course, and um, so anything that's a safety issue gets addressed right away. Um, we have about 976 stops that get serviced four times a month. Mm. Um, and uh, so there's stops that are a little bit worse than others that get serviced. Um, we also deal with the impact of the homeless population. Um, we do a lot of unsanitary cleanups and um, a lot of trash removal from our shelters mm -hmm. and stops. That keeps us very busy. Okay. Um, so speaking about the community and their involvement with our facilities, Jace, how does community input and customer feedback influence your work? I think it's really important to listen to the customer and the community as, uh, as we do our work because we are a tool for the community to use to get from one place to another, right? So our vision in facilities, I hope I'm speaking for you, Nick, is like what we want for facilities is to not be a distraction for people doing what they need to do, mm -hmm. right? So if you walk up to a bus stop and there's garbage laying everywhere or there's some horrible smell or something like that, then there's, there's something that we need to do from the facilities perspective. So when it comes to the community and and <clears throat> and the customers, you know, they will obviously be very upfront with us and say, okay, there's something here that we need to respond to. So more eyes out in the field, the better, of course, because like I said, we want it to be a situation where they just come up and think about the next email they need to send or the meeting that they need to go to while they're doing their thing instead of going, whoa, I should have drove my car today because this is a mess. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So 
that's the kind of the direction that I think that um, in facilities we should we should be able to respond to. Now, if if I could jump in on the last one about the the community impact, you know, we're dealing with what the homeless bring, and there, you know, sometimes it's um, you know unsanitary, and it's oftentimes illegal too. You know, our, our our custodians are out there, and they're actually responding to there's there's biohazards as far as hypodermic needles. Oh, yeah. um, there are there are other drug residual products that that they're responding to, including fentanyl, that that provide kind of a dangerous situation for them, along with those who have been using them that could potentially come at them. So it, it's it's yes, it's cleaning up, but it's also looking out for yourself. Nick made a good point of uh, you know. Safety first. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell this. I tell the, the workers that they're out in the field. You know, if you come up on a on a on a stop where it doesn't feel right in your gut, don't stop. You know, I tell them the the garbage will stay until we come to pick it up. But maintaining your safety is the most important. Um, you know, the community is really good about being able to communicate to us where where there's a safety issue, where we have maybe uh, some kind of response required, and I really appreciate it because. The more eyes we have out there, kind of reporting because we're spread out, you know? mm-hmm. so it, it's it's helpful, and I take a lot. I put a lot of emphasis on what the community has to say about our facilities. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a good segue into the next question for you, Nick. What role do the transit operators and service supervisors play in helping you guys monitor and maintain facilities out in the service area? We depend on our internal um, partners quite a bit on, on this. They, uh, especially the transit operators, are the first line out there, and they see things that we don't see, and they're able to report it. So they turn it into the service supervisor who goes out and puts eyes on it and sees what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll put in a track it request, and it goes in, and that's where we, we receive it. Um, it could be a safety issue. It could be just un- biohazard, unsanitary thing, um, which Jace um, spoke about. Um, so we um, also have a way that they can call into the comm center to, and then they, they can get a hold of us if it's something urgent. Um, other than that, it just goes through a work order system. Mm-hmm. But, but a lot of communication, um, um, they, they're really good about um, letting us know what's going on on the field, especially with safety, the lights are out or uh, if there's um, illegal dumping, things like that. Mm-hmm. The famous lazy boy chairs that get <laughs> left at bus stops for some reason. Um, yeah. That makes me think of a, a kind of a spin-off to this. Uh, is there Are there more than one shift of facilities, folks? Are they kind of active in the community more than just typical business work day or so we, we're kind of talking a lot about right now facilities as far as the shelter cleaning but mm-hmm. there's other facilities that we have here we have the um we have maintenance mechanics who deal with all the equipment like mm-hmm. they're they they're deal with hvac you know plcs um compressors and things like that kind of carpentry slash uh, mechanic work so that's Steve Jeffrey's team and he does he does does that so it's kind of two different groups Jace's team mostly works 6 to 2 30 or 7 six, either, uh, 6 to 2 30 or uh, uh, 6 30 to 3 and then I, I do have a, a swing shift guy that comes in as well 
the, the main intent of that position is to have um, a reduced amount of people in our transit centers so that we can do some of the routine sweeping. Mm-hmm. So like, we have a big sweeper truck that they operate and you can go around and, and do some sweeping and some cleanup of curbs and things like that when there aren't as many people in the transit center. You know, and we're branching out to turn that into a little bit more pressure washing um, as well. Like I've got a, a contract going right now for pressure washing at the transit centers. We just finished Lakewood. We've moved on to TCC where we have a, a, a contractor coming in with big pressure washers and stuff that they're they're using to, to clean things up. So anything that we can do to improve the appearance of, you know, make it the, the most non- distractive type of environment for our, our customers is, again, what we're after. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I guess that's a good point. There's a lot of work that is much easier to do when there aren't a lot of customers hanging around or employees busy doing their work and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And then a lot of things that get covered on, under the facilities that you almost if you don't even think about, like sweeping, mm-hmm. like a sweeper truck that goes on, goes through, we maintain those, um, which is another thing that's really nice to get off shift because um, there's less cars parked. But oh, we, do, we do that with it yeah. throughout the agency as well. Yeah, good point. So, uh, Jace, as we have learned on other episodes of the podcast, most work at Pierce Transit occurs in collaboration with other teams around the agency. Which teams do you work closely with, and what do those partnerships entail? So, with the work that I do, I depend on um, service and support and operations a lot to help be the eyes and ears for us out there, Mm -hmm. because... um, Basically, if it didn't get reported, we don't know about it, unless I happen to come across it myself on my way to work or something like that. Um, so very, very dependent on on the extra eyes and ears that are out there in the facilities. Um, so service and support, huge uh, operations, another big one. As far as goals and objectives and things that we want out of our bus stops, what we want to provide for our customers, we work with planning a lot. And that has a lot to do with the appearance and the overall customer experience, right? So I work with planning in that. I sit on the committee for the customer uh, experience committee. I was on that as well. So there's a lot to cleaning. There's a lot to just how things appear to a a customer out in the field. But more than that, you know, behind the scenes, there's a lot going on too. I know with Steve's group, um, 51% of the work that Steve's group does happens um, to, to support the fleet operation, the fleet maintenance that we're doing. You know, the compressors that drive the, the impact guns and things like that. All of that stuff needs to be prevent, PM, preventive maintenance. Mm. So there's a lot of time and, and energy that goes into that. CNG is another huge one. It's, you know, just the, the idea of, a, of an employee coming up to a CNG pump and plugging it in and hitting go. You know, you got to think about everything that goes into that as far as the oiling and the power that's required and whether or not the compressors are working and, and all the stuff that goes into it before that that pump can even be plugged into the bus. So I know that Steve's group works a lot with the fleet group and, and the overall maintenance. And then basically anybody who has a need for facilities, you know, if it's uh, say it's even your group, Penny, and you mm-hmm. say, oh, my goodness, it's cold in my office this morning. Whatever will I do? Well, it's a call to facilities. So <clears throat> that's we work closely with everybody, and, and we're trying to provide the best customer service that we can and stay within the, the, the limits of the staffing that we have and, and what our priorities are for the day. Um, I know that we all take a lot of pride in, in being able to just 
put a good front up for the facilities department and Pierce Transit, it, a department that, that every department can depend on, and we do our best to do that. That's part of what I think we do anyway. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I will add, facilities does a great job of supporting special events. <laughs> Those quirky yeah. ribbon cuttings and launches that we plan um, with the community, and that entails bringing a truck with tables and chairs and tables, chairs, yeah. podiums, <laughs> yeah. tents. Okay, so sustainability is one of Pierce Transit's strategic goals related to finance, infrastructure, and the environment. Nick is a new member of our green team. And uh, so, Nick, can you tell us how does the work of facilities support the agency's sustainability efforts? Um, I'm really proud to be part of this agency. I've only been here not, well, not even a year yet, but um, I think this is one area that we definitely push forward on. And um, some of the things that we do here at facilities to help us um, maintain those goals. Um, I've changed all the lighting out to LED, which is l less maintenance and it um, reduces energy uh, consumption. Mm -hmm. And um, and we also did automatic fuels, you know, with water filters, so people can fill their bottles instead of just bringing in water bottles. It's easier. One of the things that we did as an agency is. Um, removed uh, uh, the water fountain over at the Commerce, was this, and which was used a lot of water. Um, oh, the decorative yeah. fountain tumbling down yeah. the side of the yeah, we, facility. Yeah. Uh, that happened prior to me getting here, but I think that was a, a very smart move mm -hmm. um, on Chris Transit's part. Um, we also have solar panels on our, our shelters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it reduces our reliance on the grid and decreases our carbon footprint, so that really helps. I've noticed that, like when I've gone down to Tacoma Dome Station, when you walk through at night, the lights come on in the area you're walking through, but they're dim in the other areas, so that's probably a function of those LEDs. Yeah. Like, they're not all on super bright the whole time. And then, how about um, recycling things? beyond desk type recycling of paper and pop cans and stuff isn't there a fairly robust yeah. like fluids program and, and i think here um we do as another area we have a robust um recycling program here mm -hmm. we do an excellent job recycling and um putting you know taking care of trash and reusing um things that we can and um i think it's an area that we constantly look for ways to improve on and um, I'm really proud of that. So this question is for both of you to bring us home here. What recent facilities project are you each most proud of and why? I think for me it has to do with uh, the demolition of our former office and fuel facility, the standing up of the new fuel and wash facility and facilities moving down here to building six. For you not listening, it's a whole new facility down the street. Um, so that all happened. I mean, we knew it was coming with lots and lots of meetings about it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, when it came down to it, the standing up of the fuel and wash and our move to building six all happened kind of simultaneously 
and uh, and the our guys is our employees. They uh, they jumped in and they got after it, and you know, you know, Nick's leadership was was good in in uh, you know kind of determining our priorities and, and which way to, to apply resources and things like that. But um, that move and the demo of those two buildings and and the, the new fuel washer, what I'm most proud of. How about you, Nick? Um, I'm pretty proud. So I have a, I have a lot of things I'm proud of. Um, I think I'm, I'm overall just really proud of this team. Um, very fortunate to have them all. Um, one of the things that a lot of people don't know is, and we talked a little bit here about the CNG. Um, we had this year, we had ANSI bring in um, somebody to help us rebuild our own CNG compressors and stuff. Mm. So um, it was a training opportunity for our crew, and now we can rebuild our own. Um, the, there's some fun facts about we're only one of a handful of agencies that have the um, CNG facility and actually maintains it um, throughout the transit world. And um, we also take care of a lot of CNG for sound transit. Um, 34 of, of the 127 are CNG uh, for sound transit as well. So we do both high and low pressure CNGs. And um, so, yeah, it's pretty robust, the, the program. Yeah, I think in an earlier episode, when I talked with Nathan Grove about uh, zero emissions, we talked a little bit about the fuel, the CNG fuel, and then, you know, also the electric stuff. But good point. Somebody has to make sure all those pumps and chargers and all that jazz work. So, yeah, that's and, facility. And this, so it's the main thing that we, our goal is to keep the buses going. Mm -hmm. And facilities has a lot of areas where if we just didn't function the buses would stop so our, our role is really important and critical um, to the operation a lot of people don't really realize that how much facilities does to mm -hmm. keep the buses rolling yeah that's very true what would you say are some valuable skills that someone would need to have to come and work as part of the facilities team um, I would say being very flexible and having a good attitude always goes super far. Um, being resilient and um, handy and um, thinking about your, your, your co-workers, being considerate like that are always great things. Um, being able to learn from mistakes mm -hmm. and being able to accept a mistake and, and, and go from there. Um, I think it's really a lot about attitude because you can train a lot of people, but fortunately I have very skilled and good, good attitude people. Like for instance, you go out to go fix something and somebody says something like this is always broken. Right. And it's kind of derogatory, but they don't realize you're just doing a PM on it. It's not even broken. Right. So sometimes um, just some of the community a reflection on facilities sometimes is negative. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to withstand that, you know. Thick skin. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be able to handle it, for sure. Okay. Good to know. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. I'd like to thank Nick and Jace for explaining just how much work goes into taking care of Pierce Transit's facilities 
and how facilities maintenance is an important part of making transit service happen. Thanks, you guys. Next time on South Sound Connected, we'll take a look at another aspect of Pierce Transit service and community support. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast link with your friends and be sure to subscribe. And check out piercetransit.org for the latest in services, trip planning, and agency news. Thanks for listening.